Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, the songs that have been sung. We thank you, God, for the gathering together of your people. We ask that the word that is declared today will fall upon the good soil of our heart, that we will grow thereby. We thank you and honor you for it all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we are on our fourth episode of our series called Stories, Sharing Your Faith Adventure with Others. And the emphasis today is that we were never meant to do life alone. Being a Christian is more about becoming a church member it's about becoming a part of God's family. I, I need to say that again. Being a Christian is about more than becoming a church member. It's about becoming a member of God's family. One more. Being a Christian is about more than becoming a church member. It's about becoming a member of God's family. If now, if you're saying in your mind there's no difference, then that's why you needed to hear that. <laughs> we have looked at, over these past four weeks, we have looked at different aspects of stories, sharing your faith adventure with others. In episode number one, we talked about tell the truth. In episode number two, we talked about the truth of the facts. And last week, we talked about the renovation. Today, I want us to focus on this subtitle, We Are Us. We Are Us. We Are Us. So our definitions that we have for this week are, number one is story. A story is a connected account or narration of some happening. Next we have community. Community is a society of people having common rights and privileges or common interests or living under the same laws and regulations. The next definition is we. We is defined as I and another or others. And our last definition is us. Us is the objective case of we. And we're going to get into some explanation here real quick. Let's go to Acts the second chapter starting at that 41st verse. Just a couple of verses today, all in the English Standard Version. Acts, the second chapter, the 41st verse, starts like this. It says, so those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were saved. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask your blessing in your son Jesus' name. So as we look at this, and based upon our subtitle, I want to bring out the fact that sometimes we don't be, I'm doing some bad grammar today, we don't be us. We sometimes are referring to everybody else except for me. I remember somebody would say, some, when people would come up to me and they would say, this is what we gonna do, I'd be like, what, you got a mouse in your pocket? Because I'm not doing that. So that ain't the we that we talking about. And so, what we sometimes have looked at and, 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 and got into our mind is that the church is us. But the church is not us. Okay. The church is we. We are the church. Now the us part of that is this. When you are a part of something, you really don't have to tell everybody you are. Maybe I need to say that again. When we are a part of something, you don't have to tell everybody that you are. I, when I was an investigator, when I would walk into a room and I would say, who's in charge? And whoever would jump up and say, I'm in charge, wasn't really the person that was in charge. That's not the person I really wanted to talk to. I wanted to talk to the person that everybody knew was in charge. Now, just because you have the in charge title don't mean that you is in charge. And so sometimes we want to portray that this is how it is when our actions, our conduct tells us really how things are. So what I want to talk about is I want us to move from the we mindset to the us mindset. When you say us, you're talking about we're in this together. When I say we, you can kind of step back and say, you got a mouse in your pocket? But when I walk up to you and say, this is what I want us to do, you, say, you know I'm talking about me and you. Right. When I say this is what I want, this is what we're going to do, you like, you talking to me? And sometimes in the church environment, we have the we mindset. The person gets up and says, we are going to go and hand out blankets to the homeless. And you say in your mind, it's cold outside, and uh, I know they'll take care of it. <laughs> I was trying to find this story, but I, I, 
it kind of fell off my radar, but it was it was talking it was a story about everybody doing something, but because nobody did there we go. Yeah, anything. Then nothing happened. Something like that. I, I meant to put it, have it for today, and it, it just came back to my mind. Because if we don't take responsibility, to me, the word us means I am involved. I am taking responsibility. That's why I, I came up with this we are us. Because so many times when we say we, we're not excluding. We are excluding ourselves. But in the kingdom, we have to realize that we are all a part of the body. Now, you might only be the baby toe. But if that baby toe gets stubbed, it let the whole body know, and the whole body knows that something is going on. So we all have a part. But we all need to mentally and in our conduct, be a part. Just because you have a certain location that you go for fellowship doesn't mean that you're a part of the fellowship. Your actions, your conduct makes you a part of that fellowship. And as we look at our scripture for today, We see how once they received this word, they all got together and they all sat there and they discussed this word and they listened to what the apostles were saying and they started living the things that the apostles were saying. Now, I understand back in that day it was a whole lot different. You know, they were just starting out. They were very small. Nobody liked them. Everybody was against them. It was just a bad situation. You know, it was, it was bad, so it kind of forced them. But what it did, it caused an environment whereby they came together. Amen. One of the things that I used to enjoy when I was in the military, I loved being a drill sergeant, and I loved it because... I could see folks that never knew each other, never wanted to really know each other, could be forced in an environment to work and come together so that they can accomplish a mission or a goal. And as you put the pressure on them, they would become more and more strengthened, more and more uh, uh, focused, and they would operate in a way that caused them to depend on one another. My philosophy as a drill sergeant was this. If I did not believe that I could trust a person, trust this person that was standing in front of me to watch over me while I tried to sleep while we were in a foxhole together, I would recommend that they not stay in the army. Now, my philosophy was a little hard. I got, I got, I got myself into trouble a bunch of times about my philosophy. I remember one time uh, I got called in the office and they said, you know, you have released more people out, out of basic training than a couple of units released out of their whole unit. Now, I only had like 60 to 70 guys at a time. And sometimes we, they were just changing platoons. They'd be like, no, you, you okay, sorry, I'm finished. But anyway, because that was my philosophy, I had to trust that these people were going to be 
part of the team. Now, what caused me to have that philosophy was before I became a drill sergeant and I would get a new soldier, I'd be like, you're not no team member. Who was your drill sergeant? Who trained you? I said, if I ever become a drill sergeant, <laughs> you're not the kind of person I'm going to let get by. Then I realized as I became a drill sergeant, I needed to become a recruiter. I never became a recruiter because there have been a lot of, I probably would have never been a good recruiter. Because I would have been like, no, you got the wrong attitude. I would have been, yeah. But anyway, my point is this. When you get in an environment that causes you to grow together, today we have too much other access. In this day, they only had each other. In this day, they didn't have a lot. So what I had was yours and what you had was mine. And they said they had all things that's common. Every, everything that we had was your. Now today you'll say something, you know, whatever I got is yours. <laughs> Until you get that phone call, right? You know, I, I need $25. You know, money's kind of tight right now. Uh, I, now, I come from a mindset again. If I, if I get my word, my word is my bond. If I tell you whatever I have, you can have, and you come over and you say, hey, I need this, okay, it's all good. But some folks, well, I, you know, you know, yes, they stutter because they don't know what to say. And we get this mindset because we are not looking at it being a us environment. We're looking at him and that mouse in his pocket. But once we get the mindset that it's us, that if you're going through, then I'm going through. If you're celebrating, I'm celebrating. You know what? That sounds like Bible. Yeah. It said if, you, if somebody weeping, that we should be weeping with them. If somebody rejoicing, we should be rejoicing with them. Oh, why is the Bible? All right. So now that we understand that, we should be operating in that. But what this is what it causes. It causes us to have to spend time with each other. An hour, on, uh, an hour two hours, three hours, however long the service is on a Sunday, uh, the hour of Bible study on a Wednesday, or maybe an hour and a half on Wednesdays, is not enough time for us to get to know one another. It's not enough time for us to experience life together. There has to be an effort to interact with one another. If we are a team, if we are a family, if we are going to be us, that means we have to spend some interaction together. There was an old, old little game or not a little game, but a thing that they used to do, they, they'd be like, uh, uh, what, how was it? I'm trying to remember. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Now I got a brain. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's the church. Remember? Here's the steeple. Oh, no, I did it wrong. Open the door. Then you open the door and you see the people. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Now, if you notice, everything's together. Everything is together. It's not like a friend of mine said he was in a store 
and he was talking to this lady, and the lady says, I go to such and such a church. Now, he said, oh, okay. <laughs> he was the pastor of the church. And she didn't know that he was the pastor, and he definitely didn't know who she was. <laughs> but what it should be is, there should be a specific commonality about everyone that associates together. The process of discipleship was that you would go spend time with the teacher. You learned about the teacher because you learned more in common interaction than you do in rote instruction. You learn more. Uh, I read an article saying how a guy, uh, he said he didn't really know what it was like to be a pastor until he started hanging out with his pastor. And he said that he saw how his pastor interacted with his children, how he interacted with his wife, and because he would get to, you know, he would come over and spend time with them. And he said, now I understand, now that he was a pastor, he could understand the dynamics of things that would come at him because he had spent time with his mentor, his, his, his teacher, and it enabled him to be a better pastor because he spent time with this man. So we have to come to two realizations today. One is that we are all a part of the body of Christ. The other realization that we have to come in is that we all have a part to play and something to do. There are people that attend uh, churches because they just want to be in the crowd. They want to be known for being a church person. One of the things that we hear a lot of times with people is when they get themselves in trouble, they'll say he was a person that goes to such and such a church, meaning that I guess because he went to such and such a church, he was supposed to not have been able to do whatever that transgression was. But we realize that when a person goes to a location and they are not active, they are not making that a part of who they are, is different than if they just attend whenever that location opens up. If we get the mindset that the us is thinking about every day that I'm a part of the kingdom of God, every day that I'm reflecting God's kingdom, every day that I'm interacting with someone that I am reflecting the kingdom of God, I think it will change how we do business with a lot of people. There is something to the authenticity of being real. There was a, a, a survey that, that says that 75% of those who belong to a church say community. Authentic connection and relationship is the main concern. And it said that 47% 
of non-affiliated young adults, those who don't belong to a church, said the same thing. Isn't that something? One survey a participant pointed to a small to small groups as a means of achieving this goal, saying, "What draws people is a climate of honesty. We don't come and say we're going to hide from each other and give Sunday school answers. We come together and authentically talk about what it is that needs to be discussed. There is a big pool today of what they call the millennials." who are not just going to church just because that's what their parents did. Mm -hmm. They are looking for what they call the real, the true, the authentic. It's not just to check a block. I ain't got time to just check blocks. I want to be involved with something that's going to have an effect on my environment and on myself. So we want to get to the mindset where people see us and want to have what we have. The peace that we have, the joy that we have, mm -hmm. the perseverance that we have, the patience that we have. They want to get a part of that. Yes. And so the way that this happens is if we look at how they did it in Acts, they said that, and day by day, they did things together. They ate together. They did all these things together. And they were glad and generous of having that time together. And they made sure that whatever they did, that they acknowledged God. And it goes into that 47 verse says they're praising God and having favor with all the people. Now, when they say all, that means the folks that was inside hanging out with them, the folks on the outside, pleasant people to be around. And it says, as they were doing this, that the Lord, it didn't say that they did it, it said the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so we want to move from that we where it provides us with an opportunity to disconnect and not be a part of, to being, having the mindset of us. That I am affected by what affects you. That I am encouraged by what encourages you. I know you. I am intimate with you in that I have communicated with you outside the highly favored conversation. Oh, blessed and highly favored. I forgot the blessed part. Sorry about that. So we want to live this life at all times. We want to be connected at all times. If you cannot think of someone that you can call that's a part of your congregation that would you could call, you call them at 2 o'clock in the morning and It'll go to the voicemail because they got their do not disturb on. But when they wake up that morning, they call you and say, I saw that you called me in the middle of the night. What's going on? When you know, when you can picture in your mind right now those people, you know you're in a good location. But now if you 
running through your mind trying to find the face of somebody that you can think of that might possibly call you back within the next three days after you have left that voicemail, we may have some authenticity issues. We may have some honesty issues. We may have some relational issues. I'm going to close with this last story because it just ran through my mind. I will, uh, in the ministry I was belonging belonged to, and uh, we were a part of the men's ministry, and a very good friend of mine went through some things, and, and he just said, you know what, I'm not coming back to church. I'm tired of y'all. I'm not coming back to church. He's my friend. So a couple of the brothers in the men's fellowship decided that they was going to go check on him. Well, he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't in a good way. So they go over there, and he cussed them out so badly. He said, when I was at the church, y'all didn't even speak to me. I don't know why y'all got trying to come over here and find dirt on me. I mean, he just, he just really went in. So I went over to his house, and he said, what you want? I said, nothing. What you doing? He said, well, some of, them some of them brothers came over, and I just cussed them out. I said, you, was cu you cussing people out now? You know, I, you know me. I'm making fun of them. He got mad at me. And his wife was sitting there saying, you mad at Tim? Tim, you know, and she goes through this. He's always been, you know, and just going through this whole thing. Now, once he got through the, through the situation he was going through, he said, I, he said, man, I was in such a bad state at the time. He said, I don't even remember talking to you. He said, I knew you came and talked to me, but I couldn't remember anything we talked about. He said, now I knew them. He, he was still a little bit wrong. He said, them guys came by. I know I cussed them out because I've been wanting to do that anyway. But, but the thing was, because we had a relationship, he really didn't want me there. He wanted to go through this situation by himself, but he was my friend. And I told him, I said, listen, you're my friend. If you're my friend, we're going through this together. He said, well, you don't know what I'm going through. I said, but I'm your friend. You can tell me, and I'll be here with you. He said, well, I ain't got nothing to say. I said, but I'll just sit here with you. And I'll sit there for like an hour. He said, how long are you going to sit here? You want me to go? Yeah, go. All right. I'll go in about 10 minutes. No, I want you, you know, and then we, you know, but the thing was, because we had a relationship prior to him going through, when he went through, I was able to reach in to where nobody else had gone before. Folks that have been in the we mentality got some we feedback, all right? But when you had that us, it's us. You, if you're going through, I'm going through. And because of that, he was able to be restored. But them guys were still mad at him because he said, well, anyway, I won't dwell on that part. But I just want to remind us that this is what people are seeking. They're not seeking the ceremonial. They're not seeking the bright lights. and you know, All that is fine in this place. But really, once you take the lights away, once you remove all that stuff out of the way, they want the real. They have enough things going on in this world that they want real. And they don't want real based upon what you say. They want real based upon how you conduct yourself. Okay?
All right, that's my soapbox lecture for this final, final episode because we have to work on us being part of the community that comes together and that we realize that we are all a body dependent one upon another. Now, I do want to remind you that you are always being watched and someone always is watching you. So be careful, little hands what you do. See another song ran through my mind. <laughs> but a God up above is looking down with love. So be careful, little hands what you do. Oh, be careful, big mouth what you say. For the God up above is looking down with love. So be careful, big old mouth, what you say. Be careful, big old feet, where you go. For the God up above, he's looking down with love. So you need to be careful, little, big, whatever size shoe you wear, where you go. All right? All right. We are us. It's nobody else. It's us. But let's not just stay into the mindset that it's somebody else and realize. And realize that we're all apart together. Okay? All right. Did I do it wrong? Mm -mm. I ain't looking at y'all right now. <laughs> Folks are out there laughing at the preacher. Y'all ain't even right. Thank you, Mama. All right. Listen, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have situation that we need to talk about right now because it is very essential for you to become a part of the community of believers and as we heard in our children's thing for today it's, it's not a complicated or hard thing to do it says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead you shall be saved and again that word saved means delivered and rescued. You're delivered and rescued from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin is death. Now God has provided provision to you so that you do not have to experience the penalty. But it's just like anything else. You have to receive the gift. When somebody's offering it to you, you gotta take it. If you don't take it, you don't receive it. I wanna let you know that Jesus has paid for everything that you have done wrong. He's already paid the price for it. You have to accept the fact that he paid the price. Not accepting the, that Jesus paid the price is just like you having paid off, let's say your car, but you keep sending a payment to the car company like you still owe Now, I know that don't make sense to you, because just like I could be doing something else with those funds. That's what Jesus is saying. There's some other things that you can be doing with your life okay. if you accept the fact that you're no longer under the penalty of sin. Amen. 
The Bible also tells us that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, delivered, rescued. So it's not a difficult task. And come on and be a part of us. If you have accepted, if you have grabbed hold of this today, and this is your first time ever doing that, we want to assist you. We want to be a part of your journey. Now, in order for that to happen, we need you to let us know that you've made that decision. Simply email us at info at godshousecc.com. We'll provide some information to you. If you're local, we'll meet with you, whatever is necessary to help you to move along this journey. If you're not local, we'll correspond with you, help you to become established in all that God has for you because he has a great and bright future for you. So we just want you to know that God loves you, that he's for you, and he wants the best for you. But you have to accept it. Well, friends and family, that's, that's it for today. We are us. Until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Thank you.